Hi friends, Kim Skorupski here, back at the Faculty Factory Podcast Fact Chat. So today, I thought I would just briefly gab about this thing that I was talking about in the interview with Troy Buer the other day. It got me thinking more about our all-women's leadership programs, because we, he and I were talking about the importance of being mindful of interdisciplinary teams and how it's so important to work, you know, the days back when it was all the sole lone wolf kind of model of doing research by yourself and doing everything by yourself or gone now, everything's in a team. So it's physicians, clinicians, practitioners, nurses, staff, uh, students, trainees all together and how it's so important that we're we're trained on leadership together so that we can all be talking the same language and understanding the same concepts and, and having, sharing the same values and institutional hospital values, center division, lab values, et cetera, and how it's so important to do that. And then, you know, it, we were also talking about how you can't underestimate the power of being in a room with people who are just like you so that you feel like it's a safe environment. So the example I talked about was how in our women's leadership program for a couple of years there, Dr. Barbara Fibush, our senior associate dean for women, had invited some of the MD, PhD students to join our junior faculty leadership program for women. And it was, it, it created kind of an interesting dynamic where there was this split group that was just the, you know, six or eight handful of students and then the faculty members. And there was this kind of a, a separation that, uh, them versus us, not that we, they sat apart. Actually, they did sit, sit, sit together, but it was a little bit awkward. And then we were, we were worried about that, um, dynamic making things a little awkward for both groups. And then I, I shared with Troy the other example of how when we started offering yoga and Pilates and Tai Chi, where a faculty member kind of cornered me in an elevator and said, it was great that we were offering these things for everyone, but she felt awkward putting her sweat clothes on and her yoga pants on and lying next to staff and people she supervised. So it was kind of, it felt to her to be awkward. So, you know, I was thinking more about this homogeneous groupings of leadership programs versus heterogeneous grouping of, of folks. And I still am not quite sure how I feel about that because we've debated that at Hopkins as well. Years ago, uh, our associate dean for diversity and inclusion, Dr. Chiquita Collins, who's now in Texas, we know we talked about, should we have a leadership program for underrepresented in medicine folks? We don't have too many at Hopkins. You know, we don't, not doing a, as good a job as we could with diversity, although we're working very, very hard on it. And so we thought, well, geez, we have a co-ed programs, we have an all-women's programs, maybe we should have an underrepresented in medicine program. And so we we always go back and forth, or, you know, back then with Chiquita Collins, we all we all talked about that. What are the benefits and what are the costs of doing that? And and we ended up erring on the side of not having a separate program for underrepresented in medicine faculty members because we didn't want them to feel different or other or somehow not included with everyone else. But then, of course, that raised a whole debate about, well, we have it just for women. Are we doing the same thing by having women alone from men? 
And then, of course, we get into the other argument is, well, all these important messages that women are hearing in these women's leadership programs, the men should be hearing them as well, right? Because we work together. And so surely the men should have opportunity to understand these um, challenges and hear both sides of that. So, of course, we all nod our heads and there's there's valid, valid uh, points to be made on both sides. And then for those of us who teach in the women's programs, there is a part of us that kind of goes, oh, geez, but it, in those women's programs, there's such a fabulous connection and an energy that is really unique to the women's programs. And, and I think it has to do with just that safe environment of everyone saying, okay, we're, we share these same experiences. We, we've been there. We, we know what we're talking about. Uh, a little bit free of more freedom, perhaps to be honest and, and talk about these experiences. So, you know, we see that happens and that happening. And, and, and I also teach, of course, in the co-ed program, and it's a little bit different there. So we're still, you know, back and forth. And I still struggle with that because some of the wonderful things that happen in that women's program you always wish, I think, oh gosh, I wish some of our leaders who are, are male could be here on a fly in the wall and kind of see this and understand this and, and, and appreciate the, the unique nature of these women's programs. Because of course, we still have some people who think, well, oh, that, that's really nice that you have that, but uh, it's not really making any difference. Or I don't really, I'm not convinced that we're really having an impact on, on programs. And, for those of us who do this kind of work, you know, we, we see that. We see that socializing and the networking and the, the shared understanding and the, the tears and the laughter and the nodding of the heads and the, the understanding, the struggling of balancing having babies and being pregnant and do I take these opportunities to go travel and give talks when I have little children at home and all those, those kind of shared experiences are really special in the all women's program. So I go back and forth and wonder, you know, should we have some cohorts or small group programs where people who have, you know, underrepresented in medicine can be together and, and also share that same kind of, I got you. I understand you. I'm living that same life. I'm walking that same walk. And then of course, the other side of me always wonders, I don't want our, our males to feel like they're being, um, you know, pushed down or, you know, this blame for everything too. So I'm, I'm heightened. I have heightened sensitivity to, uh, we don't have anything for all males. And then of course, my other friends will say, well, the men are doing fine. Thank you very much. And then I, I'm not sure that, that that's true, especially with our younger generations of younger millennial uh, faculty coming up. So I struggle with that. I, I'm probably not, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, but, um, just kind of curious what you think. Let me know. I'll talk to you next time on the Fact Chat. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions. We encourage you to go to facultyfactory.org to find out more, get in touch with me, ask me any questions. Maybe you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. We'll see you next time. 
The Faculty Factory podcast and website is sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine Office of Faculty. For more information, visit facultyfactory.org.